Praise God. Evangelist Taylor. Yes. You are the only sister in Christ. And the brother, these pastors in the back, they can hear the Lord. You waited till I got in. Do you know that the devil was trying to block me from getting in the radio station? Every time I call her, go out. Every time I call her, go out. And I'm going to say this here. I got your back. I got to say this right now to everybody who listened to me. Evangelist Janice Taylor is real. She's a holy woman. Okay? Y'all don't like this. I, I've been getting back. You know, this sexual sin stuff, y'all need to really listen to this. Everybody go through this mess. Uh, Reverend Dillmore, don't you ever call me talking about, that's enough of that. Ease up. Evangelist Taylor hit, hit the nail to it because these people are trying to compromise the word of God. I said, I bag you up. I don't have to correct her. I can get on this registration and go to sleep because I know her. Y'all don't like to hear the truth, but you're going to hear it. You're going to hear it. Reverend Dilma talking about, that's enough. You already said it. Why she got to keep going? She got to go with the Holy Ghost tell her to go. If you don't like it, get the hell out of this room. Amen. You got the mic. These Christians, these Christians don't want to live. Holy Evangelist Taylor, they don't want no, holiness. They don't. They, don't, they don't care nothing about holiness, conviction. Evangelist Taylor, if I commit a sin, I can't go to sleep like it didn't happen. It'll bother me for months. Yeah, yeah, we can't do that. I can't do that. To, that, lets you, that lets you know you're saved. These people ain't saved. We got the real Holy Ghost. Yeah, you we got the real that. Holy Ghost. I came to you and confessed my faults to you, didn't I? Did I not? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Pastor Dalton, you have to go to somebody tonight. I'm a minister. I don't have to confess my fault number to Jesus. That's a lie. The Bible says confess your fault one to another and somebody that you know. That's a lie. That's they right. ain't even in the Bible. That's a lie from the right. pit of hell. A lie. Nothing but a lie. These That's right. Get, but, but can she teach about something else? No. She's going to talk about sexual sins, and she got to do it again nine times. She'll be on this radio station to do it. Evil. So, Taylor, it's evil out here. Yeah, they don't want to hear the truth. People don't like truth. Lord, have mercy, Jesus, Sister Taylor. It's, it, it, you know, since I've been in this deliverance, Evangelist Taylor, it's getting worse and worse every year. When I first started deliverance yep. ministry, people wanted to hear the truth. They want to learn to live. Each year, yep. they just don't want I'm like, what? Every year, it's getting worse and worse and worse. That's right. That's why they're Dang. going to all these clumps. They're going to these counseling. Lord. I'm going to get counseling, counseling. The Bible don't say nothing about counseling. He said they cast, cast it out. Demon. Get it out of you. Guess what you got in you? You That's have right. a demon. And they get mad you can't at you. Counsel no you demon. got a demon. You can't counsel. You got to cast it out. Yeah. Yes. Oh, you have that, to be cast out. Say, and if Taylor, when I talk to you, you always lift me up. Because I don't have nobody to fellowship with. I, I deal with, if you, Evangelist Taylor, Sister Candace Durden, and Deborah Marshall, Deborah Marshall was the operation manager of John Durden, uh, uh, John Eckhart. She was under him for many years. That's the only sister. And it's, it's so sad to say I can't call no man even to say anything about men because you don't even want God. No, no. They're doing all kinds of stuff. They're doing all kinds. You know what? It was women that was at the tomb of Jesus when he resurrected. That's right. It wasn't no men. I was reading up on Deborah. I was reading up on Deborah last night. 
Deborah. Oh, she she did. Yep. Yes, she did. Well, I had some pastors call me early before I got off the phone. I'm finna take a little nap. Hey, man, why you? Why she got to keep teaching about sexual sin? We know about sin. You, you, and you may be having a sin that you may not want to hear about. Uh huh. That's why you don't want. If you was a real Christian, if she talking about righteousness, it wouldn't bother you. You ain't no preacher. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh uh. Well, these people, it, 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 you know, and that's why I see evangelists, why people don't know nothing. They don't know nothing in the Bible. Nothing. Uh, Sister Bukia, they perish for, the lack of, they perish not, for not, the lack of yeah. knowledge. We have a sister in uh, Tucson, Arizona. She said, you have blessed her uh, mightily. And on my stats, on this sexual sense, evangelists, every time you come on, you're hitting four, five hundred people listening to it. People need... Ain't no pastor teaching what this this, this sister's saying. Ain't teaching what I'm saying. They they gonna tell y'all no, what y'all want to hear. They're not they teaching, teaching it, and that's why the church. Living, that's why the church is. That's why the church is full of sin, and that's why the church is powerless because they it's are so not teaching on this stuff. The church is so powerless. Lame. So lame. So lame. Ain't they no ain't power up in that. there. Ain't no power. Gone. Evangelist, no you got the mic. Take your time. You got, you got two hours, and I'm going. When you get on, you really help me. I can get some sleep, man. I ain't got to listen to you. I know you. I ain't, and if I call me, if I don't know y'all, don't call me. Tell me I'm getting on this radio station. I don't know you. If you ain't doing deliverance, and you ain't on the Sabbath, you know you can't call me. So don't you waste your time. Go ahead, Evangelist. Forgive me. I was trying to get in this room. Sister Taylor kept calling. I said, I bind this demon. It broke through. Bam. I'm trying to get in this room. I knew room. that's what it was. I knew that's what God, it was. God, have mercy. I said, I can't even make a phone call. I can't make a phone I, call. I just sat here and started praying in the Holy Ghost. That's the, that was the Lord. Because I'm trying to get in. If that was other person, hey, where you at? They, they ain't praying. You see, you prayed. Other people mind. Yep, when he prayed. gone, they leave. I, every time I call, the signal dropped. I call. I said, uh-uh. I start praying and binding this up. Go ahead, okay. Sister Taylor. I'm going Amen. to bed. Amen. <laughs> Amen, Apostle. Right. Get yourself okay. sleep. Get yourself okay. sleep. Yes. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Praise the Lord, Ted. Amen. Praise the Lord, Saints. This is Evangelist Janet Taylor coming to you live from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. Our web address is www.wallsoffiredeliveranceMIN.com. You can find us on the web. We also, uh, uh, you can reach us uh, at jet245 at msn.com. And um, Monday through Saturday, we have the sweet hour of prayer. And I'm telling you, Jesus said to his disciples, can you not pray with me for one hour? I'm telling you, it is a sweet hour of prayer from 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, Sunday nights from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The number, if you want to call and pray with us, the number is 425-436. 6333, and the code is 716-5050, followed by the pound sign. I'm going to give you that number again, 425, code is 
5050, followed by the pound sign. Anybody and everybody is welcome to come on this prayer line Monday through Saturday at 12 noon and on Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, Jesus said men are to always pray and faint not. And Paul said it, pray without ceasing. So we're living in a day. These are perilous times, and we're living in a day that we really need to pray. So if you don't have a prayer life and you would like to begin praying, just starting out small, maybe maybe you just want to pray for a few minutes when you come on the line. You come on this line and you will begin to develop your prayer life, okay? So you are invited to attend the sweet hour of prayer every day at 12 noon. And uh, I will post it on Facebook so that you all can uh, have this information. All right. Now, if you are being blessed by this ministry, you are encouraged to sow a seed. You can sow through PayPal or through Zelle. Those are the only two ways you can sow into this ministry. We are not doing cash app. If you want to sow, sow through PayPal or sow through Zelle using the email address jet245 at msn.com. That's J-E-T as in Tom at msn.com. And we will uh, greatly appreciate it. I want you to know if you sow into this ministry, you are sowing into good ground. You don't have to worry about us taking your money and using it for sinful or even non-essential things, non-Christian things. You don't have to worry about that. We don't do that here because, first of all, we fear and reverence the Lord our God and then second of all, we, don't, uh, we respect you and um, your hard-earned money, and we don't want to bring reproach upon the name of the Lord. So we're going to get back started in um, um, the teaching. This is Sleeping with the Enemy, Part 3. We're going to finish up tonight and... Um, for those of you who have been listening, I pray that um, you are being blessed, and I pray that you are, are really gleaning from this teaching. Now, it took me a lot of years to, to get this. God, this didn't just come overnight, but I'm going to tell you something. You, salvation is free, but you pay a price for the anointing, and I spent uh, uh, and I continue to spend a lot of time with God in prayer and in fasting, and I spend a whole lot of time in the Word of God. And God just began to download into me, just pouring into me. And this is how this teaching came about. Now, several of you uh, have said, well, she doesn't pray when she comes on um, the, the broadcast. Uh, I pray before I come on the broadcast. But for those of you who are uh, religious, pray so that you will know that I do pray. 
Father, it's in the name of Jesus. Lord, we come as humble as we know how tonight. We come giving you thanks and praise, oh God, for this opportunity to come on this broadcast and to come before your people. God, I pray, oh God, that you would use me for your namesake and glory and that your people, oh God, would be blessed through tonight's teaching. I pray for a fresh anointing, almighty God. Anoint me afresh. Yesterday's anointing won't do, God. I need fresh oil. I need fresh rain. I need fresh fire. I need fresh manna for the people of God. Hallelujah. And I ask you to do it for your namesake and for your glory. God, give your people ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. God, this teaching may not be for everybody, but it is for those that you intended to hear it tonight. So I'm praying that they will be blessed, that they will be edified, oh God. And I also pray that the enemy will be terrified as a result of this teaching. Father, we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' holy name. Amen. So on last week, we did part two of Sleeping with the Enemy. The week before that, we had part one. So when we left off last week, we concluded we were talking about the gate or the doorways that the enemy uh, comes through. And I told you the, the role of the gatekeeper. Now, what are gates? Gates are uh, the openings that the, the enemy uses or comes through. He enters our life through. And um, gates are used to, uh, uh, to, to, to their openings to give someone access to something so the gates can open and close. Now, if they close, they are, are going to lock things out. If they uh, open, they're going to allow things in. So when you open up these gates or these doorways, you are allowing things in. And the gatekeeper is the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Now, if you don't have the gatekeeper, your gates are wide open, just wide open. The devil come in anytime he wants to because there's no word in you and there's no Holy Spirit in you that will tell you or warn you or convict you to close the gates. So I want to talk about those gates very briefly before I go into uh, tonight's lesson. There are natural gates and there are spiritual gates. So I want to talk about those natural gates and then go right over into the spiritual gates. The natural gates are the eye gates. It's what you see. It's what you see that uh, 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 is what you're looking at that allows the enemy access. Then there's the ear gate. It's what we hear, what we allow to enter us through our ears, all right? Then there's the nose gate. It's basically what goes into your nose. What you put in your nose will enter into your body. You give it access to your body. Uh, A lot of drugs are put in the nose and ingested uh, into the body, or shall I say, yeah, ingested, I'll use that word, into the body 
through the nose, all right? Then there is the mouth gate. The mouth gate, a very prominent gate. It's wide, and uh, oftentimes we, we put stuff in our mouth that don't belong there. But that's a gate that gives the enemy access to us. And then there are the sexual organs, the vagina gate. And um, in this day and time, people are using uh, the anus. Now, that's really not a gate. It's not an entrance. That's an exit. But people are using it. The enemy has perverted it, and now it's being used uh, as a gate. So those are the five gates to the city. Let's talk about the spiritual gates. The spiritual gates are rebellion, disobedience, unbelief, uh, imagination and fantasy, and seduction. Those are the gates. When we open those gates, that's what allows the enemy to come in. Now, this includes witchcraft control, that Jezebel spirit, uh, which uses bewitching powers of seduction to lure her victims away from God so she can devour them. You see, that's how that Jezebel spirit operates. It's always going to lure you away from God. It's got to get you away from uh, uh, what you believe, away from what, what, what your protection, your ark of safety so she can devour you. And uh, it's like a spider. A spider lures uh, that fly or that insect into its web so he can devour it. All right. The Jezebel spirit is a strong man spirit. In other words, that spirit has to be bound and cast out because Jezebel uh, 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 is a dominant uh, spirit of seduction. It's dominant. It's very, very dominant. Jezebel herself dominated her husband, Ahab. He was weak. But Jezebel, she was the power behind the throne. All right. Now, seduction means to be led away from something. So when something is, it, it seduces you, it leads you away from something. And it leads you to something. It leads you to temptation and enticement. Spirit of Jezebel and the spirit of witchcraft are kindred spirits. Now, um, the word uh, bewitched comes to mind. Um, Paul used this term bewitched to describe the demonic influence of soul ties. Paul wrote, oh, foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ have been evidently set forth, crucified among you. That's Galatians 3 and 1. The word bewitched is Greek, and it's baskano, and it means to be charmed with words. I think of the word flattery. Flattery. That's why you got to be careful uh, what you listen to because people will flatter you uh, to manipulate you to, 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 to get what they want. They influence you by flattery. Now, if you're weak for flattery, you will be 
bewitched by it, by their words, charmed with words. Just as the strange woman in Proverbs used flattering words to capture its victim, so does Jezebel's seducing spirit. Now, the seducing goddess of war uh, uses enticing words uh, to sweeten you up. So let's look at some of these uh, scriptures concerning the strange woman. Proverbs 2 and 16 says, To deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger which flattereth with her words. See, her words are, are, are a form of seduction. As a matter of fact, we, we can trace this all the way back to the garden when um, the serpent, he flattered Eve. He seduced her away from what God had already told them, and he told her, uh, half God said, and God knows that you will not really die. And so he used flattery. He used, uh, 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 he charmed her with words. Glory be to God. So let's look at Proverbs 5 and 3. It says, For the lip of a strange woman drops as a honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. I, I, I know some people, they, uh, they're so slick. I say, you're you smoother than butter. You're smoother than butter. And uh, uh, they're fast talkers. And, boy, if you're, not, if, if you're not careful, if you don't have discernment, they'll get you real quick with their smooth and flattering words. All right, Proverbs 5 and 20 says, And why wilt thou, my son, be ravished with a strange woman and embrace the bosom of a stranger? The word ravished, that's a strong verb. That means uh, 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 she's, she's, she's enticed him. She's charmed him. She's lured him. She has basically captivated him, and and uh, he he's already uh, to be ravished. It's a mild word for bondage. He's already in bondage and just don't know it. He he he's enjoying it, but he doesn't know that this is bondage. He doesn't know his hands are tied and his feet are tied because he's too busy focusing on the pleasure part of it. But when that's over, he's gonna see. Oh my! I'm in bondage, but it'll be too late. It'll be too late. That's why the Bible says the pleasures of sin are but for a season. Yeah, it's just for a season. It's just for a season, a very short season at that. All right. Proverbs 6 and 24 says, to keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. Now, the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. What is a strange woman going to tell you? She's going to tell you what you want to hear. Um, the Bible says that she told this young man, she caught him in the street, and she told him, the good man, he's gone away on a journey, and I have filled my bed uh, with aloes and, and, and tapestries, and, and I've perfumed my bed. And Come, let us take our fill of love all night. That had his head swimming. That just had his head swimming. And and, and, and she promised him uh, they were going to have a good time all night long. 
And uh, because he was a young, inexperienced boy, uh, wisdom cried out to him and said, don't go her way because the steps of her house lead down to hell. In other words, uh, there's going to be problems. There's going to be problems. It's not going to be what you think it is. It's a trap. She's leading you into a trap. And so uh, wisdom continuously spoke to the young man in this. But now wisdom has to speak to the young women as well. So Proverbs 7 and 5 says um, that they may keep thee from the strange woman. Glory be to God. From the stranger which flattereth with her words. So uh, that's Proverbs 7 and 5. So we have to we have to make sure that we know um, what this is. So many people get involved in this, and they have no idea what they have gotten involved in. I just want to make sure that you understand, hallelujah, how people are enticed, how people are lured away. You know, every time a man cheats on his wife, it began somewhere. It began with her saying, oh, you look nice today. Oh, oh, just dropping little subtle hints. And she begins to say it, not just like paying somebody a compliment, because you can pay your, your coworker or your boss a compliment and say, oh, Mr. So-and-so, you look really nice today. It's nothing wrong with that. That's harmless. But it's the tone. Oh, you look really nice today. You see, the seduction in her voice. And uh, that leads to, uh, uh, it can lead to other things. All right. So you have to be careful about that. You have to be careful of the Jezebel spirit, okay? The spirit of Jezebel works by releasing the spirit of seduction, which is a strong spiritual against your mind, imagination, and emotion. What happens is this thing begins to work in your mind. It's like the enemy just shot an arrow at your mind. Now, in in, in the natural what you would do is you would pull that arrow out. You you need to get that out because it's causing a problem in the body. But what happens is when the enemy shoots an arrow of seduction, many times people have played with that arrow. They toyed with it. Oh, you know, oh, I, I never thought about that. Wow. Wow, I wonder what that's going to be like. And they toy with it in their mind. So the enemy will, will, will uh, the spirit of seduction will release a strong spiritual force against your mind, making you think that, uh, well, there's nothing wrong with thinking about this. Then he's going to provoke your imagination and your emotions will follow. This leads to a soul tie, both physically and spiritually. This is why the Bible declares that if a man just looks at a woman and lusts after her, he's already committed the sin. It's just the same as if he'd already had sex with her. 
The word of God is what we have to use to fight against this spirit. You are no match for it, especially if you open the door to it. I remember a sister called me one day from New York, and um, she called for prayer uh, about this man. And um, the man was um, coming over to her house. So this was a married man. She met him on this job, and she worked with him. And so the man uh, and this woman started talking to each other on the job. Now, she knew he was married, but the man called her one day and said he needed to uh, come over her house and um, could she pay the uh, taxi fare. So she paid, he, he, he and his wife had had an argument, so she paid the taxi fare. But then... Uh, she didn't even have the money to pay it. She borrowed it from her neighbor. So she borrowed the money, and the man came, and um, she paid the taxi fare. So when the man got there, the man was soaking wet. It was raining outside, and it was soaking wet. He got soaking wet. So then he had to get out of them wet clothes. Can anybody see where the devil was taking her? Okay. Then he gets out of the wet clothes, and she gives him something to put on, and he's on her couch. He's on her couch, and uh, naturally, the two flesh became one. And so she called me for prayer because she couldn't understand how this happened. I said, first of all, he was a married man, and you knew this. So when he called you to say him and his wife had had it out, you had no business opening your door to this man. He told you he had to catch a cab, but he didn't say you had to pay for it. He didn't say that till till he got to her house. She had to borrow the money from her neighbor to... um, to um, pay for the taxes. Then when he arrives, he's soaking wet because it had been pouring down rain. He's soaking wet. This was a setup from the getter. So I told her, you're going to need to quit that job. You're, you're not going to be able to go back to that job. Oh, I, I don't see, I, I'm not going to talk to him anymore. But you've already been with him. The Bible says shun the very appearance of evil. So you're going to have to find you another job. So she had so many excuses. Finally, I asked her, look, what did you call me for? Do you want me to tell you the truth or do you want me to tell you a lie? If you want me to tell you the truth, then just listen to what I'm saying. Because you have already been with this man you're going to have, if you want to continue your walk with the Lord, you're going to have to find you another job. She didn't want to hear that. So guess what? I don't know what became of her, but I told her the truth. I told her you need to repent. You need to repent. 
See, repent means more than saying I'm sorry. Repent means to turn away from. Oh, I, I'm not going to talk to him anymore. I'm not going to. Yes, but he still works there. Your memory, your mind, your imagination, and your emotions are already involved. So she didn't want to hear that. And I am finding out over the years that when people call me with these problems and they want deliverance, they don't want the truth. They want somebody to tell them, oh, it's going to be all right. No, if you're not careful, I'm going to tell you the truth. You're going to end up in hell. If you're not careful, if you don't repent from this, the Bible says flee fornication. Not run to it, run from it. And if you keep playing with your flesh, Scripture says, can a man take fire into his bosom and not be burned? The answer, the answer is absolutely not. If you play with fire, you're going to get burnt. She knew when that man was coming to her house. There was a possibility. Her son wasn't there. He had spent the night somewhere. She had no, uh, 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 all her protections, all of them were down. All of her guards were down. All of her gates were open, wide open. And the enemy came right through. And she ended up having sex with a married man. Then she thought, that she could continue working with him, and everything was going to be okay. I told her, you have deceived yourself if you believe that. But she didn't want to hear that. The Jezebel spirit is extremely deceiving and dangerous because it can lay dormant for a very long time, but it will wait for its victim. People that carry a dormant Jezebel spirit are often talented, helpful, and they do many good things. They can also be known as overachievers, having many awards for good service and great accomplishment. After that Jezebel spirit is awakened, it causes tremendous warfare on the inside. It's like a volcano, the pressure of a volcano before it erupts. The person with the awakened Jezebel spirit must repent and cry out to God for deliverance. See, that's when people start saying, oh, that's just how she is. No, that's not just how she is. That's the demon. They must go to God for deliverance, cry out to God for deliverance, and cast down those wicked imaginations. People with this spirit need to get rid of pictures of old lovers, any old photos, old letters, any gifts that they have given you, and things that were given that you gave to them. Get rid of that stuff. If you got a record that you used to listen to with that person, you need to get rid of that. It's every time you hear it, it's going to remind you of them. Mementos must go. Oh, he gave me this uh, uh, 15 years ago. That's got to go. Why are you holding on to that? It's got to go. 
Those things will keep you in bondage. They keep working on your mind, your imagination, and your emotion. They they will block the doorways from being completely shut. Any jewelry, any sexual lingerie you had when you got to go. All of that is connected to being bewitched by the strange woman, soul ties. All right, I want to talk about trespassing. What does it mean to trespass? It means to go outside of God's boundaries. What is God's boundaries? His words. He tells us what his boundaries are in his word. Thou shalt, thou shalt not. To go outside of God's boundary is to trespass, which leads to illegally obtain the pleasures of sex outside of the covenant of marriage. Is to trespass against the word of God. Disobedience is a dead thing. I want to talk about dead things. Samson was warned not to touch anything dead. That was a part of his um, um, Nazarite vow. He was he couldn't drink wine or anything from the vine. He couldn't eat raisins or anything. He couldn't cut his hair, and he could not touch anything dead. There's not much to add, and he knew this from birth. He he was taught this by his parents. But there are some other dead things. What are dead things? They are things that have no life in them, and they will defile you. He was taught that he could not come near a dead body of a human or an animal, and that by doing so, it would cause him to be unclean. Dead things are things and people that have no life in them. You ever seen somebody... Uh, dating somebody and you say, she dating him? That boy ain't no good. That's a dead thing. Or vice versa. He messing with her? That girl ain't no good. That's a dead thing. It's not going anywhere. It has no life in it. And if that other person is not careful, dead things will subtract life from you. They They will cause you to die. That's some unsaved boyfriend. That's trying to uh, 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 date men that are unsaved. That's some unsaved girlfriends. All of these things are dead things. Now, am I saying that everybody that's not saved? No, because God's going to save uh, some people. He saved me. He's going to save some more people. He's still in the saving business. But what am I saying is what the Bible says, be ye not unequally yoked. For what fellowship do light have with darkness? What fellowship have believers with unbelievers? Absolutely none. All right? All right, let's talk about wet dreams. I know y'all are are, uh, very interested in this. People have been calling me about this. People have been calling me, telling me about the wet dreams. Well, first of all, I want to tell you, sir, there's no such thing as a wet dream. That's a demon. 
So let's call it what it is. Now, incubus and succubus, that's their names. Those are unclean. Incubus is a male demon that comes and has sexual intercourse with women while they sleep. Succubus is a female demon that has sex with sleeping men. The individual must have opened the door for this to happen. Remember, I taught you Proverbs 26 and 2, the curse causeless shall not come. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and in honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles, which know not God. That's 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 3 through 5. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becoming saints. That's Ephesians 3, 5. I was talking to some people on today, and um, I asked about an elderly gentleman that the, the three of us know. So I said, how is Dr. So-and-so? And they said that he was fine. Now, he's extremely elderly. He's retired. He worked um, at a university. He's a retired professor. And uh, so he kind of helped out with children in um, tutoring, after-school tutoring. So I just asked about him because the last time I saw him, he was walking very feebly. As a matter of fact, one time I had to help him to his car. All right, so I asked about him, and they said, um, he's all right. They said he's no longer driving. He hasn't been driving for the last two days. So someone said, well, how is he getting um, to work? And they said that his son drops him off at work. He told me today that he had a, a bout with uh, gout. So his son has been dropping him off at work. But one of the ladies uh, at this place is taking him home at night. So I didn't say anything. So then they said, well, why don't his girlfriend uh, pick him up? I said, he has a girlfriend? I mean, this guy, he's close to 90 years old. And they said, yes, he has a girlfriend. He's going uh, he's dating the county commissioner. I said, you must be kidding. So they pulled it up, showed me pictures of him and her together and how he boasts that, you know, that's his girlfriend, that's who he's dating, that's who he's going with. And I said to myself, wow, wow. All I could say was wow. Instead of thinking about heaven, and thinking about his eternal uh, resting place, he's he's it's still in his flesh, and she's a she's a pretty young uh, girl, and I said to myself, "What in the world?" But you see, this is what's going on in our churches today. It's everywhere. It has made its way. Sexual sin is in the church. So for those of you that are listening to this broadcast that get tired of hearing me talk about this, 
I'm going to talk about it because God told me to talk about it because he said, be ye holy for I am holy. The church must be holy if we are indeed the people of God. This is why we don't see power in the church, because of sexual sin. Sexual sin is causing the church to be weakened and powerless. The people come in one way and go back home the same way. There's no power. Nobody's doing deliverance in the church. Nobody's casting out devils in the church. The Bible says lay hands on them and cast it out in the name of Jesus. But that's not happening because sexual sin is in the church. It's in the choir. It's in the ushers. It's in the pulpit. It's in the deacon board. It's on the trustees. Sexual sin is in the church. And it should not be because we are God's holy people whom the blood of Jesus was shed for. He laid down his life. So are we going to trample upon the blood of Jesus Christ and make it of no effect? Because of our selfish desires, you still are immature. Have no control over your flesh. Your flesh still rules you. By now, you ought to be teaching the word of God. Instead, you are being taught. And then so many are justifying it, saying everybody's doing it. Well, if everybody's doing it, then everybody's going to hell. But that isn't true. God's got some people that are living holy, presenting their bodies to God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is our reasonable service. We owe it to God. We have been bought with a price. We are not our own. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The old man is dead. He no longer lives here. He no longer rules. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is now the governor. He is now the governor. And when the Holy Spirit is the governor, he says, you walk after the flesh. If you walk after the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Preachers are doing it. Falling into sin, lusting after women in the church. Cheating on their spouses. and still want to get up and preach the gospel to people. You want to preach salvation to others, and you ain't even saved. The Bible says after you have preached to others, you yourself will become a castaway. Jesus will say, depart from me. I never knew you. 
what a sad day that will be. You preached to thousands of people, but because you had no control over your flesh, because you walked after the flesh and not after the spirit, you're going to be cast away, told to depart from me. You say, Lord, I did this in your name. Lord, we did that. My church, we raised millions of dollars. We sent missionaries to Africa. We did this. We did that in your name. He said, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I saw what you did in the dark, in the back, in the booth, in the dark. I saw what you did over in the hotel room with that man's wife. I saw what you did. I saw what you were thinking. When you saw that young girl with that tight miniskirt, I saw it, said the Lord. I heard what you said. So you can't deceive God. You cannot deceive him. You have one life in the public, but privately you have another life. Now, who's fooling who? Yeah, who's fooling who? You ain't fooling nobody. You ain't got no power because you don't have no presence and you don't have no word in you. You ain't fooling nobody. Fornication. Yeah, I'm going to preach it till Jesus comes or until he tell me to stop. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Fornication is fornication. Very simple. Fornication is premarital sex. For those of you that want it in common terms, it's sex before marriage. Romans 12, 1 and 2 said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to the image of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, your mind has got to be transformed. And how does your mind get transformed? By the word of God. You spend time, God told Joshua, he said, meditate on my word day and night. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. We got to stay in this word. Stay in the word of God because the word of God is our chief weapon. It's a weapon of mass destruction. You want to defeat the devil? When the devil shooting missiles at you, Lust missiles, all sorts of other missiles at you, sand missiles. When he's shooting them missiles at you, and you 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 want to defeat him, you gotta have the word in you. He said, "If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will, and it shall be. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, it shall be done." That's why we can't be in sin. We can't be in sin 
because we got to be ready at any moment's notice. Yeah, this thing is serious, y'all. You can't play with this. You cannot play. It's like playing Russian roulette with your soul. Your soul is going to spend eternity in heaven or eternity in hell. And the all-seeing eye of God is watching. He's listening, and he knows everything. Glory be to God. Eyes of God, premarital sex is illegal. It's illicit. Fornication is any sexual activity out of the sacred bond of marriage. It stems from the Greek word porneo, which means any form of sexual impurity. It is associated with prostitution. Pornography is closely tied to fornication. Fornication is a distinct sign of immaturity. You have no control over your flesh. The Bible says avoid you. Dr. R.C. Sproul used to do a divorce test. Uh, premarital sex and a violation of God's will, word and will for marriage. And what he would do was when people used to come to him, he would act, they would say, uh, we want to get a divorce. And he would ask them one question. Did you engage in premarital sex? 99% of the answers of couples that he had to counsel with. 99% of them said yes. So there's a direct correlation or shall I say connection between premarital sex and the high divorce rate. 99% of marriages that engage in premarital sex end in divorce. Pornography comes from two words. Porne, meaning prostitutes, and graphos, meaning writing. So this includes books, videos, films, magazines, etc. about prostitutes. 1 Corinthians 6.20 is about the temple uh, love goddess, Aphrodite. She was in Corinth. And this temple employed more than a thousand prostitutes as priestesses. And sex was part of their worship. It was a part of their uh, worship ritual. Uh, Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida, has been named the porn capital of the world. The spirit of perversion is the ruling principality in. Orlando. Disney himself was a pedophile and a 33rd degree Freemason. I watched a video just the other day. A Christian man put this video together. And I, I've done some research on this, so I have uh, I've done uh, extensive research on this. 
And so um, everything that this brother um, put together in this video um, was confirmed, um, the things that God had shown me concerning Disney. So all you parents that say, oh, I don't let my children watch this, I don't, but we watch the Disney movie, you better wake up. You better wake up and smell the coffee. There is so much sex embedded in these movies, sex objects, the word sex, sex innuendos is embedded in these movies. And guess what? Parents are clueless. What does the Bible say? We perish for the lack of knowledge. So you sitting up letting your children watch these harmless uh, Disney movies, they are anything but harmless. And you are wondering why your children are acting the way they do. Because subliminal messages are being piped into your children without your knowledge. Subliminal messages. There's one scene in, um, I think it was um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. As a matter of fact, let me talk about this first. Do you know, notice how the, the, um, the, the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, how they, um, they all, the clothing has changed over the years. Um, all of the, the dresses now that they wear uh, have low bodices. I mean, showing cleavage and everything. All right. Now, there was one scene in one of the cartoons where the cartoon character was riding in something like a, a chariot or a sleigh, and it rides past the window um, of an apartment. And somebody did a steel frame on that window, and it happened so fast in the movie, you would miss it. But when they shot, when they did it frame by frame, there was a naked woman in that window. I mean, there's so much. It, 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 and, 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 and I listened to this video yesterday. Um, this, this One of the characters in the Disney movie was saying, uh, take your clothes off. And you couldn't, you couldn't hear it, they said it so fast. But when they ran it in slow motion, you could clearly hear this character saying, take your clothes off. And you wonder why the children are so sex-crazed. It's because these subliminal messages have been pumped into them all these years. So as I said, Disney was a pedophile and a 33rd degree Freemason. The hotel industry tells on Christians attending church conferences in Orlando. The porn channel, while families are there vacationing, the porn channel is the number one channel watched while in Orlando. Now the hotel industry reports this. Let's look at Acts chapter 15, verses 19 through 20. 
It says, wherefore, my sentence is that we trouble not them, which from among the Gentiles are turned to God, but that we write unto them that they may abstain from pollutions of idols and from fornication and from things strangled and from blood. God forbids fornication. Now, the apostles condemn sexual immorality, idolatry, and consuming of blood. These are the only requirements that they put on Gentiles for salvation. They said abstain from pollutions of idols and from fornication and from things strangled and from blood. Remember the Jews wanted to put them under uh, uh, um, circumcision. And the Apostle Paul and the Jewish council, uh, the, the council at Jerusalem said, no, this is all that is required of them. Abstain from pollutions of idols and from fornication and from things strangled and from blood. God forbids fornication. So for those of you that said, I don't see nothing wrong with it, you are in error. The word of God says that it's wrong. And we cannot come against the word of God. Somebody might be saying, well, times have changed, Evangelist. Times have changed, but God has not changed. He said, my word will remain forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will remain. I am God. I change not. I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Holiness is still the standard for God's people. It's never going to change. Why? Because Jesus shed his blood. So that we can become the righteousness of Christ. So we are without excuse. If you are living anything other than holy, you are you you you're doing what you want to do. You're living beneath your privileges. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery. This is the flesh, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, reveling, and of such like of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit kingdom of God. These are not my words. This is the Apostle Paul here preaching. And he has spoken concerning that anybody that's doing the work of the flesh shall not, not might not, 
but shall not, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Glory be to God. Shall not. Mm-mm-mm. I like, uh, I'm going to pull it up. Galatians. No, 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 no. First Corinthians 6 and 9. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, I give you praise. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, that's homosexuals, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. For Paul has said it twice. He said people that's doing this stuff, they're not going to heaven. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I've been to a lot of funerals, and I've seen a lot of preachers try to preach people in heaven. In fact, I just went to a funeral last week. And really, I'm not God, so I'm not the judge. But I have his word, and his word has already judged that. And I went to a funeral, and the man, the deceased man, had a significant other. They had lived together for 20 years. Somebody got up to make some remarks. And they said, he's in a better place. I said, wow. He's in a better place. And then, you know, people are quick to say, well, you don't know what they said before they died. I certainly don't. I certainly do not know what anyone said before they left here. But I tell you what. He lived with a woman for more than 20 years. They were in sin. And he had a massive heart attack. I don't know what he had time to say. But I can tell you this. He is gone. He's gone. According to God's word, he will be judged according to God's word. He fornicated with a woman that was not his wife for more than 20 years. Now, I know somebody ain't liking this, but I don't care. I just read the word of God to you. The works of the flesh are manifest which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envies, murder, drunkenness, reveling, 
and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past. Paul said, I already told you this before, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Fornication is on this list. Fornication. Now, fornication isn't the only thing on this list. Envy, strife, seditions, heresy. But I'm going to tell you one thing. Ain't no hell going to heaven. That's bottom line. Ain't no hell going up in God's heaven. All that is going to be cast into the lake of fire. All that. God forbids sexual immorality, especially amongst believers. Now, you can let somebody deceive you and tell you, because I've had somebody say, well, I talked to Mother So-and-so, and she said it was going to be all right. It's all right. Mother So-and-so don't have a heaven or hell to put your soul in. Mother so-and-so can't get your flesh out of wherever you're going. Mother so-and-so better hope she can make it in. Okay? Now, I want to talk about masturbation because uh, Ephesians 5 and 3 says, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness let it not once be named among you as becometh saints. Fornication is uncleanness. It is greed and selfishness. It's self-love. It's lovelessness towards another. It's taking pleasure, defrauding one. All right, so I want to talk about masturbation because so many people have asked me about masturbation, and they want to know, well, if I'm not fornicating, what if I masturbate? Well, I'm glad you asked. Masturbation is not of God. It's not. Masturbation is, again, perversion, and it is having sex or having the pleasure of sex outside of the will of God. Nowhere in Scripture has God ever permitted the sin of masturbation. Masturbation is unclean. It's an inordinate affection. Romans chapter 1 and verse 31. It can lead to sexual bondage. A person who continually masturbates will not be able to have normal sexual relations with his or her spouse unless they seek the Lord's help and healing through forgiveness and repentance. Masturbation is a form of homosexuality because it is having sex with oneself. It requires use, imagination, 
and pornography. It is rooted in rejection and abandonment, low self-esteem. Fatherlessness is attributed to this sin. God spoke to me and told me masturbation was unclean. God don't lie. It's unclean. I met a sister told me before that the mother of the church told the women that if they couldn't keep themselves uh, pure for, for marriage, that it was okay for them to masturbate. I, I, I rejected that. I said, ma'am, that's incorrect. That is not biblical. And um, we exchanged a few little words about it. We didn't get in an argument. It was very, very, uh, uh, the way we handled it. But I told her, you are in error. And I cannot allow you to tell these women this. So one year later, the woman wrote me a letter. Now, this was a famous judge on television. I had the privilege of meeting her in New York, one of the court TV judges. One year later, she wrote me a letter and told me that God himself had revealed it to her, that masturbation is out of the will of God. It's outside of God's will. Because, again, you have to use the mind and the imagination and the emotions. That's why most people who are uh, masturbating are, are also involved in pornography. They're involved in pornography. Because you have to use the uh, imagination, the mind, the imagination, and your emotions in order to do it. Nobody masturbates while listening to Jesus keep me near the cross. Nobody. You have to conjure up the imagination, the mind, and the emotion. Another young lady called me and told me she was masturbating on her job, that she would just get the urge and go into the bathroom and pull pornography up on her phone. She would masturbate and then go wash her hands and go right back to work. But she told me, that she was ready to get on with her ministry. I told her, ma'am, you have no ministry. You need to be delivered. She said, well, I talked to this mother in the church, and mother so-and-so told me I'd be all right. I said, then why did you call me? You obviously know something is wrong here. So you have called me because you feel like what you, you're being convicted. She said, well, I just want to get on with my ministry. I said, well, what kind of ministry do you have? She said, uh, substance abuse. I, I want to help people get uh, uh, free of substance abuse. I could not even believe my ears. 
Now, how is the devil going to help the devil get free of the devil? <laughs> that didn't make no sense. You are in bondage to masturbation, but you want to help somebody get free of drug addiction. How are you going to cast the devil out when you're full of the devil? She got so angry with me because I would not agree with her. I told her, ma'am, you called me. I didn't call you. Needless to say, I never heard from her again. All right, promiscuity and bondage. Uh, I want to say this also. Fornication and um, masturbation leads to low self-esteem also. Yeah, you'll find people that that are doing it, they have low self-esteem, and it comes from the guilt and shame. So you can't just wash guilt and shame off because you jump in the shower. Guilt and shame is spiritual. So you can't even see it. But it does, once it enters you, it does produce low self-esteem in those who partake of it. Promiscuity and bondage. The leading cause of sexual promiscuity among women is the absence of fathers. So for all you fathers that don't want anything to do with your children, your baby's mama, drama, and you're not involved in your children's life, even if you're paying child support, that's still, uh, uh, you're still an absentee father. Promiscuity is the doorway that often leads to sexual depravity and bondage of young girls. Bondage is anything that you cannot stop doing on your own, such as drinking, smoking, gambling, masturbating, drug addiction, homosexuality. Promiscuity is going to lead you uh, 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 to one of these forms of bondage. And when a person is in bondage, the devil has been given the legal right to oppress them. And this bondage can only be broken through deliverance. You got to have a a Holy Ghost field, skilled deliverance minister. And let me tell you something right now. Ain't no point in saying, oh, oh, I'm going to counseling. No, the Bible says, cast it out. That demon and any other demon must be cast out. You see, this counseling stuff is a, is a, new, it's a, it's a new age thing. Now, there's such a thing as godly counsel. Don't get me wrong. That's godly counsel like when you go to your pastor and he gives you godly counsel about maybe you're thinking about marrying this person and the pastor will give you some godly counsel or you thinking about buying a home or even uh, 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 some sort of business transaction, the pastor may give you some godly counsel from the word of God, not his opinion, Even godly counsel must come from the word of God. 
But I'm talking about this counseling where people are going to see a therapist. I don't care if they even call it a Christian counselor. I don't even care. The Bible speaks of one thing. Cast out the unclean spirit. You cannot counsel a demon. When Jesus encountered the man in the Gadarenes, he cast that unclean spirit out of him. It went into the pigs. The pigs jumped down the cliff and, and drowned. He did not counsel demons. He cast them out. And he said, the works that I do, you shall do also. Greater works. All right? Now, there's a lot of nakedness in our culture today. Women are dressing very provocatively, and it is a form of seduction and enticement. I really do feel um, my, my heart just goes out to some of the brethren that I know that are really true men of God, and they are having to kind of battle through all of this. Because it's everywhere. I mean, it's everywhere. It's in the square, public. It's in the doctor's office. It's in, it's on the television. It's uh, it's in the church. I mean, women are coming to church half naked, cleavage showing, um, and wearing this. Uh, they call them these yoga pants. Wearing that to church. I wear the yoga pants, but I always wear a long top over it. I'm not going to have somebody looking at my body. I'm a married woman. I don't want nobody to see my body but my husband. I don't even want their imagination to start uh, working that way. I don't want to entice men. I don't want to tempt men. That's how I know I'm saved. That's just some of the things that I used to do that I don't desire to do anymore. And, and and this this belief, if you got it flaunted, that that's not from God. How many of you have ever been to um, somewhere to purchase jewelry, like at a jewelry store? Now, if you go in Walmart or somewhere, you can just pick that stuff up and touch it. You know, you the the the, the salesperson. Where say, I want to see this one. Yeah, I want to see this one. And that's how a lot of stuff gets stolen. They just say, I want to see, 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 and next thing you know, something's missing. Okay. But my point is, is that you can touch that jewelry. You can put your hands all over it. You can put it on your finger. You can try it on. Bam, bam, bam. But now if you go to a real jewelry store, you can only do that with the stuff that's in the counter, in the glass counter. Say, I'd like to see this ring. I want to see that one. Let me hold this one. Let me try this one. Let me try it on and do all that. But they have some jewelry in the back that you only get to see once they know who you are, 
and they know what's in your bank account. They're not even going to show you that stuff. You, you won't even get to go back there. My point is this. Women are being handled like the jury in the front counter, like the jury in Walmart. Anybody can pick it up and touch it, put their hands all over it. The way you are dressing is what caused men to get out of pocket with you. They want to touch you. They want to put their hands all over you like a cheap piece of jewelry. Like a cheap piece of jewelry. But you can't touch that stuff in the back. You cannot even go back there unless they know your credit worthiness. And that's the way the women of God ought to be. No, you can't touch this. You're not eating an egg at my house. You're not even coming to my house. Unless I know. Your worthiness. See that dating, that dating stuff. That that's for people that <laughs> really for young people. But even then, they didn't date in in the Old Testament. They didn't do all that dating. They were betrothed to someone, and the betrothal was for one year. And they had a ceremony. It was just like a marriage. But there was no sex. That man went away and built a house for his bride. And he came back one year later. And then the marriage was consummated. Does that sound like anything you know in the scriptures? John chapter 14. Behold, I go away to prepare a place for you, and where I am there you may be also in my Father's house. There are many mansions. Jesus talked about it. Going away to prepare a place for us that where he is, we may be also, but none but the righteous shall see God. See, ain't no hell going to heaven. You got to be holy. You got to be holy. You got to have on the robe of righteousness through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Anybody can say they're going to heaven. But none but the righteous shall see God. Holiness without, no man shall see the Lord. So this this dressing provocatively is a form of seduction and enticement. It also stems from low self-esteem. Now, when Adam and Eve were in the garden with God, they were covered with the glory of God. They did not know they were naked. They were naked in their flesh, but they didn't know it. The moment they sinned, God's glory departed from them. And then suddenly they realized they were naked. 
And immediately they tried to cover their nakedness by sewing fig leaves together. And God spoke to them. He said, Adam, where are you? He knew where they were at. And Adam said, I, 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 I was naked. And I, he said, who told you you were naked? Adam knew he was naked because the glory of God that once covered him and Eve was no longer present. He saw his own nakedness before he was covered with God's glory. And it was the sin of disobedience and rebelliousness that uncovered him. Satan stole the glory of God from Adam and Eve through deception. So this nakedness is rooted in exhibitionism, low self-esteem, rejection, whoredom, and lust. Yeah, I know it's a lot tonight. I'm teaching a lot tonight. I'm trying to get through this. So I'm going to give you as much of it as I can. Purity and dating. When Ruth went to the threshing floor of Boaz, she laid at his feet. When Boaz discovered that she was there, he did not touch her physically. Instead of uncovering her, Boaz covered Ruth with his skirt. You see, there's too many women being uncovered before they are being covered. This is the difference between a man of God and a man of the world. A man of God will cover you before he uncovers you. But men of the world will always want to uncover you first. They want to do some sampling and road testing. So Boaz covered Ruth in three ways. He covered her spiritually, he covered her emotionally, and he covered her financially. He laid his skirt over her and covered her. Then he told her to rise up early and leave the threshing floor before the others woke up. He did not want there to be any talk about her. He didn't want her reputation to be ruined. Boaz covered her financially. He did not send her away empty. In other words, she wasn't buying gifts for him. He gave to her. He showed himself worthy of her. That he was able to take care of her. So many girls are uncovering themselves only to find out this guy, he can't even take care of you. He won't work in a pie factory. He ain't got no money. Yeah, he sell a little bit of drugs, but it's just enough to go to jail. He ain't going to give you nothing but a disease. Boaz covered her financially by not sending her away empty. He took her apron and filled it with barley. He did not get anything from her but the comfort of knowing that she desired him as a husband. Boaz waited until God aligned everything. Then he married her, and they lived happily ever after, both physically and naturally. You see, that's what purity and dating looks like. For you women that find that chicken 
and baking pies and cakes and bringing them brothers over to your house and feeding them up and fattening them. You fattening uh, snakes for frogs. You ain't going to get no husband like that. Uh-uh. You're giving them too much. Mm-mm. Keep yourself pure. Keep yourself pure. Women of God ought to wear modest apparel. Women of God are not to dress like the world. It's some stuff that Christians, it's inappropriate for us to wear. Don't display your cleavage, belly, and other private parts. That's not Christ-like. First of all, it doesn't glorify God, and it sure don't edify you. Your body belongs to God and is reserved for your husband's eyes only. So that if you got it flaunted mentality, that's not of God. Single women, you ain't got no business uh, wearing sexy lingerie. That's too enticing. It will entice your flesh. All right, I'm going to stop here. I will not um, teach on this again because I won't have time. I really want to teach on the curse of the bastard, but I won't have time. I will say this, though, that the weight of sin causes natural um, and spiritual deformities. Now, what do I mean by that? It causes guilt and shame. I believe that this spirit, if, 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 if it's not dealt with, it leads to a root of bitterness, to low self-esteem, dejection, and uh, the, victim, the victim mentality. And God does not want that. God does not want that. So I'm going to close with this tonight. I want to um, let you know that here at Walls of Fire's Deliverance Ministry, we are praying for you, and we are praying for your soul. Now, if you are in need of deliverance, you can call this ministry at 336-830-0601. But I'm telling you, I do not play with people when it comes to deliverance. I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God, and I'll tell you another thing. If you're not saved, that has to be the first step. Yeah, that has to be the first step. If you're not ready to get saved, then you don't want to be delivered because you can't put the cart before the horse. God is a healer. So many women have been hurt through rejection, and you have done some things that you're ashamed of. I know I did them too. But God is a healer. My God, he is. He's a savior. He's a friend. He's a deliverer. He's everything you need him to be. If you don't know Jesus tonight, I would encourage you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He will save you. He will love you. He already loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. 
I'm so blessed to be saved. I am just so blessed. I'm still just rejoicing over my salvation. It's been 29 years, but it's always like it's brand new. Salvation is the best thing that ever happened to me. No amount of money, no amount of money, no amount of money could compare to this. There's no joy greater than the joy of knowing that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. There's no joy greater than that and that my sins are forgiven. So I pray for you tonight. I pray that God has blessed you by this teaching. I pray that this ministry has um, blessed you. And again, if you'd like to sow a seed, you can by through PayPal or through Zelle, um, J-E-T-245 at MSN.com. I'm going to keep preaching this. I'm going to keep teaching this. Hallelujah. I'm going to keep on. I'm going to do what God told me to do. I don't answer to no man. I'm going to say what God says say. Hallelujah. Now, the Lord delivered me from many things, and I'm going to tell you something. He will deliver you also, but you got to want it. Deliverance is not for the people who need it. Deliverance is for the people who want it. Glory be to God. I pray that um, you get there. I pray that you get to the point that you are ready to forsake, break off, forsake sin, and break out of these relationships. So many uh, elderly women in their 40s and 50s uh, are in relationships, ungodly relationships. And you wonder why you can't you can't get close to Jesus because you're in sin. I pray for you tonight. I pray God that you would break every chain that have your people bound. I ask that you would loose the captives and set them free. For this cause you came, Jesus, and we give you thanks and praise. We thank you, O oh God, Hallelujah, that the way of escape has already been made. Already sent your Son Jesus to die on that cross, to pay our sin debt. So there's nothing else to be done but for us to receive this free gift of salvation. I pray that those who are under the sound of my voice tonight, God, will make up their mind that they're going to give up the high cost of low living, which is sin, oh God. So many are in sin tonight. But, God, I pray that you would deliver your people and set the captives free. I give glory to you. We give you honor and praise, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to even speak to the people of God on tonight. I thank you, hallelujah, for the things that you have taught me. And I bless your holy name. We give glory and honor and praise to you in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. God, fill your people with the Holy Spirit. Ha, God, if they are saved, fill them with the Holy Spirit so that they will have power over the power of the enemy and power over all unclean spirits, oh God. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Do it, God. Do it for your namesake and for your glory, God. This we ask in Jesus' holy name. And we bless your holy name, O God. We give glory to you, almighty God. We thank you in advance, O God. For he that hath begun a good work in them shall complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. And God, it is your good pleasure to give us the kingdom. So we thank you in advance, O God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. We thank you for breaking the chains, O God. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. We thank you that the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous can run in and are saved. We thank you that Jesus, hallelujah, the name of Jesus is above all names, that God has given you a name that is highly exalted above all names, that at the name of Jesus, demons tremble and flee. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, and we bless your holy name. We thank you, Father, hallelujah, for deliverance, for delivering your people. We thank you for the ministry of reconciliation. Glory be to God in the highest. We thank you, oh God, hallelujah, for teaching us, hallelujah, your word, for giving us your word, hallelujah, and for giving us your spirit, oh God, in the name of Jesus, so that we can live by it. Hallelujah. And God, we thank you, and we give thy name the praise. Blessed be your holy name, O God. In Jesus' name, we have prayed this prayer with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.